Hey, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand, and it's Christmas time. That's right. It's the time of season when I start to dance. Let me tell you, people, it gets great around here. I love myself some Christmas. <laughs> I hope you do. If you don't hang with me, I've got a verse for you that will change your view. I promise you. It's going to push you a little bit, give you a chance to celebrate something that God gave to you. You say, well, it's really not exactly the exact birthday of Jesus, so why would I celebrate? Ooh, and I'll show you why. Hang with me. It's going to be great. we got a lot to talk about today. Get your Bible open. It's going to be good, people. I'll tell you more in just a minute. Tune in to this one and stay tuned in because this message is going to really be a blessing to you. Merry Christmas to you. Enjoy today's message. I am such a holiday fan. I am. I probably am. I'm not too much. I almost said that, but I, I like it a lot for a lot of reasons. And I want to give you my biblical reasons. Some of you enjoy um, our studies in the Word. So let me give you some biblical reasons why I think it's okay to enjoy the holiday. The series we're in right now is called Repositioning Yourself. And the goal of the series is to help you understand how to reposition yourself and how to do that. I borrowed it from a title from T.D. Jakes. I'd like to give him credit. A great book he wrote, a devotional. Go buy it. It's, it's called Repositioning Yourself. It's a wonderful book. It has about 100 devotionals in it. And so I've been saying that every week for you because I really like giving a nice guy. And he truly is a nice guy in person. Trust me. He's a nice guy. I like him. Um, and I, I think one of the things that you'll like is when you get a chance to, to, to take your life and redo it and, and flip it around, it's always a joy. I have always been a person who looked forward to holidays. I've always. Now, some of you say, oh, I had a tragedy. Oh, I had a tragedy. Oh, I had a tragedy. And I don't like Christmas. I understand. I get that. I do. Because tragedies mark you. you. You got a little PTSD going, post-traumatic stress. I got it. You had a tragic event. You lost somebody during this time of year. You, you missed somebody during this time of year. You, you don't have the same tree. You don't have the same issues. You don't have this. I understand. I, I get that. Um, but Christmas has always been, in my mind, a, a great season. I've always enjoyed it from my youth. Um, my mother and I would always um, celebrate Christmas. We would go by this um, unimpressive tree. <laughs> it was... <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot of money, which I did not know. She was good at that. She didn't let me know we were broke. And I, um, I, I, we weren't, well, we, we always had food. We always had a place to stay. And so we weren't broke, right? But we were not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. I learned more of that later on in life. But in her, in her ability, uh, in her own skill and strength, she, she made it great. So I had gifts for Christmas. And it was, I was the only child, so I was raised as the only child. I have brothers and, and, and sisters on my dad's side, but I was raised just with my mom. And, and I'm telling you, as an only child, it was amazing. I got all the gifts. <laughs> Somebody say, you spoil. Ah, please stop it. Stop it. God gave Adam a planet, so I'm not spoiled, okay? God gave Adam and Eve a whole planet, <clears throat> excuse me, with all the fruit and everything. So, and, uh, so my mom was really big on Christmas, and so we would shop. We would, she would say, <clears throat> Ricky. <clears throat> We're going shopping. And I said, go, girl. We're going to shop. And so we watched. We would shop. I'd watch all the Christmas specials. I used to love all the dancing, all the singing. It was wonderful. And I thought it was just the greatest time of year. I grew up with, with the tree. We'd get a little, little uh, snow you spray on, you know, and we would spray the tree, spray the tree, spray the tree. And I, um, I found that to be fascinating. I wasn't much of a church person, so we, we didn't have the same um, concerns. You know, people say, well, there's not enough Christ in Christmas. That's the problem, Ricky Temple. 
See, I would be a Christmas person if there was more Christ in Christmas. But that, that's uh, church people thinking. Because we were not actively church people, it, we just enjoyed the holidays and just remember the little story about Jesus being born and all that. And I'll talk more about that later on. But I really, really didn't go through all that theological, all those theological loops. And sometimes I think in our desire to communicate the gospel, we overcomplicate it and we make people struggle with things and we give people these ultimatums and these emotional and theological ultimatums. And, I, you know, I, I think we sound more like Pharisees and Sadducees than we do like Jesus. You know, it's always about, well, see, now let me tell you, see, I'm not really, I'm not that big on Christmas, praise God. I'm big on Jesus. I want Jesus in my Christmas. Not enough Christ in Christmas. Well, I don't, I'm going to show you that in a minute here, but I don't think you have the right to, to, to tell everybody how much Christ needs to be in their Christmas. I don't think you have the right to get your measuring stick out and say, let me tell you if you are holy enough by my standard. I, you know, this is the thing to me about Christians. I talked about this a lot this year, triumphalism, this idea that we are to triumph over people. So when pastors come in your life or when Christians come in your life, this idea that they need to dominate you. <laughs> Here I go. Politically, they need to dominate you. You can't think on your own. They, they don't tell you what the Bible, vote, vote the Bible. Bible only, and I know exactly what that is. I know me. I'm going to tell you. And somehow I, I don't I don't I don't. I, first of all, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't take that kind of position. And, and I, I'm going to get off too far here. But there's something about how we in a number of ways, not just with Christmas, but in a number of ways, we dominate people's lives. We jump into places and hijack everything. Uh, somebody asked me, and I'm, I'm really going to get off just a little bit here. I'm going to come back, I promise, because I want to answer some Christmas questions. I will in a second. But I, I, I find it fascinating that after all these years of leadership, after all my years of pastoring, the 39 years, uh, thousands of people have come through our church, thousands still are still members. I, I feel like, okay, I've been blessed. You know, we've done some pretty cool things. But what is my assignment? Is my assignment to dominate your life is my assignment to have you all come gather to hear me or is it to really launch you into the world to go make a difference in the world is my job to be the only stop you make. So I tie up Thanksgiving. I tie up Christmas. I tie up all the holidays. I tie up New Year's Eve, New Year's night, New Year's Day. I got service for everything. Revivals. I got every. I am. You are so busy with me. You can't live your life. You have no time for you with Temple. It sounds to me like you're trying to get rid of church. No, I'm not trying to get rid of church. I'm trying to help church catch up with people. I'm trying to help us catch up with people. I'm trying to help us say, my job is to make your life wonderful. Ephesians 4 says this. My job is the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, 411 and 12. My job is to, the Bible says, launch you, to equip you, to empower you. There's a word that's used for equip. It's cartartizo, to, to mend the bone. My job is to, to heal you so that you're whole and not broken. My job is not to dominate your life, take up all your space, smother out your time, take up all your money, and, and take up all of who you are. I, I think you should be able to enjoy your life. I think you, 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 I'm supposed to help you serve God, not serve me. And sometimes what happens is we take up so much of people's lives and time 
that they don't have time to do anything. So for some reason, for some of you, what you need to do is reposition your life because what you've done is your thinking is wrong. And I think churches, our thinking is wrong. I think we've gotten to a place where we are dominating people's lives and we're not releasing them to be what God wants them to be. And I, I understand, you know, the power of what we do. I understand that, you know, the, the gathering and we'll gather and we'll do all the things that we love doing. I love being with people. I'm a, I am truly an introvert, extrovert. I almost messed up. I am. My wife says, well, there's, there's another term. I'm an, I'm an ambivert, you know, at, and which means I'm at, at the outside. I'm really outgoing. But Diane says at home, I'm an introvert. She says, you just stay in there. You just read, read. <laughs> so uh, but I am truly an extrovert. I love then I, I love people. I get a lot of juice out of that. But I think the danger is if I have you living, I create activities where you just live for me and you never get to stop. And that's one of the reasons why I think, and you'll hear my answers to some questions I'm going to go through in a minute here. Some people don't like the silence of, of the holidays because everything that has ever gone wrong in their life, everything that's ever happened in their life comes back to haunt them. But let me begin, if I can. Let me launch out here. I want to get to the Bible for a minute. Romans chapter 14. And I want to show you a verse. I want to set a stage first. And what I'm going to do is take you through some questions people ask me about Christmas. These are questions people ask me about Christmas. And some of these questions um, that will just take us there. So let me jump into the questions. And I love Q&A. And so let's go for it. You ready? Here we go. Romans chapter 14, verse 5 through 6. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Now, I want you to think about that. Here's the question. Is it, is it right? Is it wrong? Is it wrong to talk about Santa Claus and Rudolph and all that on Christmas? Is it wrong? Is all this wrong? The tree, the decorations, the gifts, all that stuff. Is it wrong? Romans chapter 14 says, no. Look what he says again. One person considers a day more sacred than the other. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Boy, think about that one. What I just said earlier. What we do is take away your thinking ability. You know what I love in creation? God told Adam, name the animals. You name them. I'm not going to name it for you. Use your mind. You name it. I see people sometimes, they look at their child and they say, Oh, Eve, Evina, Evina. God gave me the name Evina. No, he didn't. <laughs> you were smart enough. He created you to be smart enough to come up with a name. Name your business. He's not going to name it for you. Name, name it. Use your mind. Come on. It's okay. What we do sometimes is we rob people of the ability to just use their mind. So is it wrong? Is it wrong to, to celebrate all that? Uh, no, I don't think it's wrong at all. I, I don't think it's wrong at all because you can choose what day you want to celebrate, what you want to name something. You can choose. You can say it's sacred or not sacred to you. You can pick a day, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Here's the day and there I go. You can pick anything you want. You can make any day special. You can say this is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus happy day. You can call it that and just be happy all day. And you can make posters up and you can put flyers up and you can have Jesus happy day. It's up to you. And so is it wrong? No. Well, we know what about them Rudolph. I'll talk about that in a minute. Watch this. Uh, is it uh, is is God upset because of the focus on gifts during Christmas? Is it is God upset? No. 
No, I mean, the Bible says, look at Luke chapter six, verse 38. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use. It will be measured to you. So some people say, wait a minute, that's used for offerings. See how you think <laughs> it's not that's not an offering verse. Luke 638 is not about just offerings. You know, it's just funny. You don't even have an example in the Bible of Jesus receiving an offering. You have him participating in one. Remember the widow's mite? He saw them give and they were watching her give and they knew what she gave. Remember that story? Great story, right? The widow went around and, she, and Jesus said she gave more than everybody else. Yeah, that's, but you don't have, you know, Jesus never raised an offering in the Bible. Not one in the New Testament. I challenge you to find it. He never said, all right, now, I know you folks enjoy my miracles. You saw me, you saw me right there. I raised that person from the dead. Lazarus, come up here. Tell him, were you dead? Just so Jesus, I was dead as dead can be. I was smelling too. And so you still smell. No, no. <laughs> I mean, he didn't, he didn't raise an offering off of his miracles. He didn't say, I'm going out of ministry. If you guys don't give, we're going to go out of the ministry. It's not going to last. And I got to restore it for God. Because I'm going to be killed soon, so I need you to give now. I'm going to be killed in about a month, so I need the money to come in. Right? <laughs> he didn't do that. I mean, he didn't do that. I'm not against raising offerings, okay? I get it. I'm, not, I'm just making a point. This Luke 638 has only been used by preachers, most of us, to inspire people to give offerings in church. But this is not about that. It's about this giving in general. Give, and it shall be given to you. Shaking together and running over. In other words, it's good to be a giver. Nothing wrong with giving during the holidays. What's wrong with giving a gift? Man, I like gifts. I do. But let me give you a little history lesson. You ready? Let me give you a little history of Christmas. And so here we go. I'm going to read something to you. I want you to read with me. Here we go. The first official mention of December 25th as a holiday honoring Jesus' birthday appears in an early Roman calendar from 336 A.D. But was Jesus really born on December 25th in the first place? Probably not. The Bible doesn't mention his exact birthday and nativity story contains. Watch this now. The nativity story contains conflicting clues. For instance, the presence of shepherds and their sheep suggest a spring birth. When a church official settled on December 25th at the end of the third century, they likely wanted the day to coincide with the existing pagan festivals honoring Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture, and, watch this now, and Mithra, the Persian god of light. The way it became east, uh, easier to convince Roman, uh, that way it became easier to convince Roman pagan subjects to accept Christianity as the empire's official religion. And this was all during the time of Constantine. If you study Constantine, he made it a, as a matter of fact, it was a year before he died. He made it a, a, a holiday. He made it, I'm sorry, he made, it, he made Christianity the official religion of Rome. And so if you're a Roman, you need to be a Christian or, you know, you were in trouble. So that was one of the good things, but also one of the bad things, because that means that he made Christianity a cultural phenomenon, not a relationship with God. And so people thought, well, just because I'm a Roman, I'm a Christian. And you hear that today, right? I'm American, I'm a Christian. Because I grew up in church, I'm a Christian. No, Christianity is about you surrendering your life to Christ. That's what this is about. So I know it's not, December 25th is not the day he was born necessarily. Some think it was in May, May 20th, some say. I don't know, and I don't know. It doesn't matter. Here's what matters. You choose the day. It's up to you. 
God said, I love Paul's statement in Romans 14. You choose the day. It's really up to you. And here's the deal. I think the problem is when you think you have the right to criticize people who do it. Here's a verse for you. Romans 14, verse 3. You'll love this one. He says, what if you still think we don't have enough Christ in Christmas? Well, I don't think anyone has the right to judge another man's servant. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. So what if you don't think it's okay? What if you're against it? You still don't get a right to judge another man's servant. Romans chapter 14, verse 3 through 4. One more time. Who are you to judge another, someone else's servant? You don't have the right to do that. I don't have the right to say you're wrong. I don't have the right. If you choose to celebrate Christmas, go for it. But what's, what's, what I think is interesting is Christians assume, believers, spiritual people assume that they have the right to do that. And I'm just trying to wonder where do you, who gave you that? You, you, don't, you really don't. It's just your opinion. It's okay for you, but it's not okay for everybody. And you shouldn't make it that way. So here's another question. You ready? Why do some people like Christmas? Well, they like it. They, they, it gives them a license to give. It gives them a license to hang out. It gives them a license to laugh, gather. It's just fun. And some people just really choose to just have fun. And, and God's, God's not against that. You know, in, in certain seasons, you know, we weren't able to do as much gathering as we wanted to. There were challenges in our history where we couldn't just get together. But when it's clear, man, and when it's safe, go for it. When it's safe and when it's smart, do it. When it's not, chill out, enjoy your privacy and stay safe. Now, let me give you another question. You ready? Why some people fight and get depressed during Christmas? I have three reasons why I think that's true. You ready? Three reasons. Number one, families are not often used to being together. They're not used to being together. And because they're not used to being together, they don't know how to act when they get together. They don't know how to play well with others <laughs> because they don't. They kind of, you know, you hit and miss. Hey, you wave, you call. Hey, how you doing? But you never you don't be around your sister every day or all day. And so sometimes during the holidays, you're together for a day or all day long. And before you know it, y'all fighting and cussing. I was I was someplace the other day. And I heard him, boy, they was cussing, Woof, bad words, big old bad words. And I said, well, I see you're supposed to be celebrating and you're cussing. Why? Because you're not used to being together. <laughs> I've seen this. I've seen it on cruises in the past. I've seen it on the first day of the cruise. Everybody's, oh, look at the, look at the boat. Ooh, and it's the second, third, fourth day. Man, they cussing. They mad. Yelling at each other. Amazing. It's amazing. Second thing I believe, holidays can come sometimes become that quiet moment that you have to face your world. It's quiet. So there's no noise. You're off work. You got a day or two off and you're not used to being off. I've noticed this about, about us. We, we're not used to being off. We, we, we run and hide behind busy. Hide. Always busy. I try never to live that way. Say, aren't you busy? I try not to be. So what do you do? I try to take time off a lot. Why? So I won't be messed up in my head. God didn't design me to just work. Some of you work too much. Now, I don't know what you're working for because you're broke anyway. Sorry. No, not all of you. Right. <laughs> I, I just never solved all my problems by being exhausted. If anything, I made my problems worse 
I've learned that even in sermon preparation. I just go to sleep sometimes. I go sleep, I'll go to sleep right on the floor. Just fall out. It's just, I'll just, and my wife laughs. She used to find me around the house on the floor. You okay, Temple? Yeah, I'm just out, baby. I just fall out right there. I'm not going right now, but I can show you. Just down, just right here on this floor. And, <laughs> and sometimes you're tired. And so sometimes when you, when you have this, I'm really getting off here a little bit. But sometimes when, you, when holidays come, you, you're not used to resting and you're not used to that silence and you're not used to just having that moment where you're thinking about your life and your world. And here's the third reason. Holidays can become a quiet moment where your, your losses come back to you. All your losses come back to you. You lost your mama. You lost your daddy. You lost this. You lost the job. You don't have as much as you used to have or whatever it is. You know, you, you especially during the season when you're having this tremendous crisis that, that we're seeing in our world today. And you, you have these losses on your mind and these losses are everywhere on the left, on the right. And so some people don't like it for those reasons. So here's another question. Ready? What are, you, what are your greatest Christmas memories? What are my greatest Christmas memories? You ready? I'm write these down. These are so cool. I love these. Number one, I remember the kids coming down the hallway. We used to have this tradition on Christmas where they were going to get their gifts and they'd come down the hallway and they would, you know, get their gifts. And we kind of duplicated a little bit with our grandbaby, you know. So we would have her come down the hallway. And there's, something about, there's something about tradition and values. You know, they would line up and, and then they, they'd come down at a certain time. And it was just great, great stuff. I remember, number two, I remember um, buying bikes and, and gifts and giving out the gifts and, and, and watching them open the gifts. And then going outside and running behind bikes. Whoo, keep you in shape. But I used to run behind those bikes and, oh, man, the new bikes and see the joy in their face. What a great moment. What a great moment. Then thirdly, I, I remember taking up special trips. We used to go places during Christmas. We'd celebrate Christmas and then we'd get in the car and drive someplace or fly someplace. We'd do that a lot. We'd go and hang out and we have some of the best pictures, some of the best moments. Uh, we, we have had a lot of those moments and that is just a joy in our hearts. I really, I really pray that for you. I pray that you'd find a set up a tradition and a value system that works. So you might ask this next question. Here's another question, right? So what if you don't like Christmas? Well, pick a day you like. If you don't like Christmas, it's okay. Let's all just stop right here and say, it's okay. It's okay. It, it doesn't matter. God is not, God is not going to be upset um, because you choose to not like Christmas. As a matter of fact, if you choose to not like a lot of things, if you choose to be overweight, underweight, broke, wealthy, it's like this is your life. I'm giving it to you. One more time. This is your life. I am giving it to you. You decide. I've chosen. Celebrate. Ha! This is my season. I have others too. I have more than one, trust me. That's my decision to be a happy guy, to not be sitting there and focused on stuff. Some of you just in this season, oh Lord, you're just too focused on the news and focused on what's wrong. And, and it is a lot to be concerned about, man. There's a lot to pray about. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm telling you right now. But in the middle of it all, I've got to find joy. In the middle of it all, I've got to praise the living God. In the middle of it all, I've got to find a way to have a holiday. If you look at the Jewish calendar, man, there was always a feast day, a jubilee day, a day of atonement, a day of this, a day of that. It was oh, man, it's always a har- celebrate the harvest, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. You know, the problem is we don't celebrate anymore. 
You only want to get in church and celebrate in the building. That's what you want to dance in the building. What dance outside the building? Why you got to dance in the building? Why you can't dance in your house? Why you can't get you a step going? Why you can't, why can't you be happy now with what you have? I, when I get to the job, I'll be happy. Be happy before you get the job. Be happy with what you have. Look around your life and celebrate what you have. I'm going to tell you something. I, God's been good to me. Gave me a few things, nice little cabin to live in, and a few other things I can celebrate. But I've learned something. Life does not consist in the abundance of things I possess. It's not about a possession. It's about a decision. Deciding to be happy, deciding to love my wife, deciding to love my children, deciding to love. Here's a big one. Myself. Because a lot of this is all about you not loving you. That's why you don't want to be quiet. You don't want nobody. You don't want nobody, you know, to, to, to have you silent. So you got to keep running, keep the TV on, keep noise blowing, keep the news in your mind. Talk about somebody else's life. Criticize somebody else because you don't want to talk about you and your children and your life and your decision. I want to think about me for a minute. My walk with the living God, my personal relationship with Jesus, not just my church attendance. I'm for that. I'm just not just focused on just that. Where am I with God, the living God, in my personal thinking and attitude and perspective? And I'm telling you, Christmas reveals a lot for some people. It shows you, lovingly said, how much you've allowed your life to become empty. And you heard me say that. I can let my life, when someone dies or I lose somebody, I can allow myself to die with them and let my life become empty. If I'm not careful, I can allow myself to lose all hope and all faith and all confidence in everything around me. I can become a negative person. I can become a bah humbug and, and just a scrooge about everything. I can sit here and talk about white people, black people, Asian people. I can talk about the Hispanics and the Asians and the whatever. I can talk about everybody as if I'm perfect. Or I can focus my attention on what's good. Philippians said, what's everything things are good? Mm. What's everything's things are true? Think on these things. I can start celebrating God's goodness in my life. I, I, I just want to do that. I want to take some time to be happy. And that's what I pray for you. So today, what decision are you going to make? One last question for you. What's the best sermon I ever preached on this topic? What's the best sermon? I like this sermon, but my favorite topic that I preached was called Loosen Up and Enjoy the Holidays. <laughs> Man, I just love that title. Loosen Up and Enjoy the Holidays. And I want you to do that. I want you to loosen up and I want you to enjoy the holidays and I want you to enjoy Jesus. I want you to enjoy what you got left. I want you to enjoy what you got left. I love that. I love, love Robert Shuler's comment about his daughter. He was in, she was in this horrible accident, lost her leg. And when she lost her leg, daddy was somewhere overseas. And by the time he got to her, he asked her a question. Robert Shuler said, how did you make it? That's what he asked his daughter. And she said, daddy, I did what you taught me. I focused on what I had left and not what I lost. And some of you are focusing too much on what you lost and not what you have left. I need you to focus on what you have left. I need you to lift your hands to the living God and celebrate what you have left. If the Internet is what you've got, if this computer is what you've got, if this sermon is what you've got, if this whatever DVD, whatever you whatever you have left, celebrate what you have. Celebrate the living God and let your life mean something. Man, I think about that. I think about that. And what I do is I put boundaries up. 
so that things don't creep into my mind. I've learned to establish new boundaries and map out a new beginning for my life. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about next week. I want to show you how to map out your life by putting new boundaries in place that will stop you from being depressed, stop you from being down, show you how to live a brand new life. And we're going to take you on a journey. I've got a lot to talk about coming down the next few weeks. I want to show you how to I want to show you how to live in a new world. That's my theme for next year. How to live in a new world where things are different. We've seen a lot of change happen lately. You know, in 60 days, you change a habit. When you go through months of challenge like we've gone through, you change a culture. And so now your culture has changed, the way you view people, getting close to people. A lot of things have changed. But I believe that God's hands on your life. So let me pray for you. Father, peace today. Enjoy today and victory today. And may they live with a sense of fulfillment today. And if they don't get a gift, let them give themselves a gift of, of a happy day. May they give themselves a gift, Lord God, of joy and good thinking. May they not allow themselves to wander into negative thoughts and, and fearful attitudes, but may they lift their hands up without bitterness, with love and joy and peace. And may this be the beginning of a new life for them. May they shine with victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, man, I hope you, I hope you were here today. I hope you tuned in with me. I hope you didn't miss what I said. And I want to say one last thing. For some of you, you've gone all year long and you've been a nice person, but you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Lord, you know what? I'm coming to the end of the year. It's time for me to make a decision about my life. It's time for me to get my life back on track. It's time for me to say, you know what? I think I, I think I'm going to do something different. I'm going to pray with Pastor Rick today and make a decision to turn my life in a different direction. So just join me for a brief moment of prayer. Father, I pray for those who are not walking with you. They've not been with you in a while, but they want to come back to you or they want to come to you for the first time. Let this be the day that they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And I surrender my life to you and I trust you in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, listen, thank you for praying with me. If that was your prayer and you want to start a new walk with God, Right there on some of your devices is an option where you can raise your hand and say, hey, I raised my hand. I want to give my life to Jesus. Do that. And we want to send you a special gift. Our way of saying thank you for letting us pray with you. Or if you'd like, you can simply email me if you like and, and reach out and say, Pastor, at overcoming by faith. Pastor, I'm interested in more information about how to start a life with Jesus. Feel free to take advantage of that option. Email me. I do respond. We'll make sure you get a free gift email to you. No pressure. Just something to say. Let me help you start your walk with Jesus. And again, let me close by saying thank you. For those of you who support us, you've been supporting us and you're so faithful. I thank you. I said it earlier. Let me say it again. Thank you for your gifts and thank you for your kindness. And one last announcement I want to make. I've been fortunate for the last 40 years to be married to the best woman ever. Diane Temple was a gift to me and we, uh, we, we celebrate on the 17th, celebrate our, our wedding anniversary. And I want you to know how important that is to us. This is our, this is, this is our 30, 40th year of, of um, being married on the 17th of this month of December. And on the, uh, in, in the, and so some of you, it might be past for some of you, but I want you to at least know we celebrated that great day. So this is our 40th year and it's my 39th year pastoring the church. I, on our first wedding anniversary, Diane was in the lobby waiting for them to swear me in or pray me in or whatever. And I became the pastor. So that's how we can always celebrate it exactly one year apart to the day, to the day. I became the pastor December 17th to the day of my wedding. So I'm so thankful that I've been able to serve you for 39 years. I'm so thankful that I've had the privilege of being the pastor of this church. And I'm so honored to have been married to such a great woman. What a great life. God's good. Gave me two great kids. Ricky Jr., I love you. Barrett, brother, you're my main man for sure. 
and my girl, my big girl, Christina, you know, you're my people, okay, always in my heart. Proud of both of you, and uh, of course, I love my little grandbaby, Milani. I love her dearly, and I just want you to know how much I care. May God bless you, may God prosper you, and may God give you strength. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I got great things to say next week. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Well, I pray you were blessed by today's message. I pray that it inspired you to have a little bit more joy. I hope that you can just embrace the idea. And if you don't want to celebrate Christmas, I hope you can embrace the idea that it's not up to you to choose everybody's holiday. It's not a preachers have this idea that we need to choose everybody's holiday. If you want to celebrate it, celebrate. If you don't want to celebrate, don't celebrate. We don't have the keys to, un- to force everybody into some religious boundary that we set for people. If you want to have a great Christmas like me, have it. If you don't, go for it. Bah humbug. No. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't matter to God. It really doesn't. The main thing is that you honor him and know who he is in your life. And when you do give, you give out of a heart of love and joy. You might get a little bit out of it. You might even get a gift. But the main thing is that you don't get, go to the imbalanced place of criticizing everybody, judging everybody, and feeling that you have some right to dictate to everybody. You don't. The Bible says you don't. I don't either. Guess what? We're going to choose. You see, I've already chosen. I'm going to be happy today. Merry Christmas to you. Let me pray for you and let this be a prayer of blessing. Father, bless them today during this season. Give them joy, fulfillment, and happiness. And may this be one that is full of, 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 of inspirational thoughts and ideas. If they've lost someone, let them not allow this holiday to be dominated by that thought. But let them at least celebrate the gift of life they had in that person. And I praise you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, my name is Pastor Ricky Temple. And let me tell you, even if you listen to this sermon and it's not during the holidays, guess what? Get the holiday spirit anyway. (laughs) I'll see you next time. Ready on demand. Have a great day. Bye-bye.